Hey, everybody. Welcome back this week to part two of the podcast that we did with Megan from Pool Pro Magazine and Tyler from the Pool Chasers. We split the podcast in two because it was a long podcast. So here is part two. We hope you enjoy it. Let's hit the intro. Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Megan from Pool Pro Magazine. We're talking to Tyler from the Pool Chasers. They're joining us today. We are talking about the hard topic of raising rates. So welcome back. My next question, guys, is so we talked about, obviously, how to find out how much you need to raise your rates. The next question would be, how often should pool pros be increasing their rates? I think yearly easily. I don't know that it necessarily needs to be more than that if you are you may paying attention to your numbers. Like John said, I think he said it every two years. But I think if you prime your customers and train them on a certain percentage every year is a good thing to do. And I don't think very many people in this industry have done that. They leave their prices the same for several years and then make one big jump or something. And I think customers get a little bit more irritated at that than they would, let's say, you know, a three percent increase per year. But these increases we're hitting, getting hit with right now are a much different approach. But as far as a regular kind of thing, I would think, you know, three to 5% every year would be a good number. And to get them used to that and just explain why we're doing that, you know, everything costs a little bit more money now. And so, and so, you know, it's, that's a good plan, I think, to put in place and then you can adjust it from there. For me, like, I think the answer is really not the same for everyone, right? It's just going to depend on your, your situation. So, we can kind of give some insight into what we're doing because of all of this is we're implementing something we're calling our annual rate review. So every year we'll be taking a look at everything and we'll be reviewing our rate and seeing if it needs to go up. And we're putting this in our service agreement. We're talking about this with our customers. So we're already planting that seed from the beginning, right? So when we get to the end of the year, if we do need to increase rates, it's not going to be a shocker to them because we'll have already talked about it. It'll be in the service agreement. And then we'll have a stipulation in there that like, Hey, if market conditions get crazy or out of control, we may do it at any time. And the cool thing about it is, is if we get to the end of the year and we review our rate and we're good, we roll on and just keep business as usual. But that's kind of what we're doing here. So for us, and I know we've talked about it, Zach, and I think you nailed it too. It kind of depends. You know your clients, you know your customers, you know your situation. Everything varies just a little bit. You have the heartbeat of your business and the people that you work for. So our the way we do it is when we take on a new client for the first year, we don't raise rates. Um, at the 12-month anniversary um, of a new client that we take on, we do a rate increase accordingly. Um, and then when we send out that rate increase in our letter that we send, we explain to them the reason behind it, why we do it, and we guarantee them that they won't be that their rates won't be raised for a minimum of two years or you know at least for two years it's just worked for us not that it's a blanket approach for everybody but for me it's more of like a psychological thing when it comes down to customers and people because you know there are going to be people that get some kind of sticker shock especially you know with our rates our rates are are much 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 higher than the market rate out here in the valley where we're at i mean literally it's almost like quadruple the cost when you think of stops versus uh, monthly rates and so and our increases are substantial they're not five dollar increases or ten dollar increases when we do them and just because we do them every two years doesn't necessarily mean that you know we're only doing a one year worth of an increase right the increase is going to be two years we're in it for the long haul here 
and it just seems to work. And as you add clients and then and drop clients and move and grow, it just seems like every few months, you know, you're sending out those letters and you have that track and it just works. So that's the approach that we use. And it's been successful for us um, because it gives customers that, oh, my God, they're thinking, John, raise my price 25 bucks. Oh, my God, if it's if he's raising it 25 bucks every single year, you know what I mean? Jeez, we're going to be it's going to be a thousand dollars a month for him to service our pool, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a spool, damn it. <laughs> you know, but when you do it, it just in their mind, they go, oh, okay, good. I don't have to worry about this because we have to take into consideration too, when you think about it. And that's what we do is they're getting their prices increased everywhere and every, and you know, and it costs money for them. And a lot of people are on a budget and we have to be appreciative of that too. And, and understand that, Hey, look, you know, every penny counts. And if my cable provider, the bill goes up and you know, my insurance is going up every single year, right? You know, property taxes are going up or, you know, if you rent your rents going up or, you know, your electricity, the cost per kilowatts going up, all that adds up. And when they think, okay, well, sometimes people have to make a sacrifice when they're in a position where it's not about, it doesn't matter how great you are as a service provider. And you, even if you do, you are worthy of that amount. Sometimes it's just not feasible for a client to be able to pay that or afford that because some people budget to the penny every single month. And if they can swing things around or do something, they go, okay, well, all right, well, we'll do this. And at least I'll know for two years that budget wise, we're going to be okay. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's the right approach. I don't know if it's the best approach. I just know that it's worked for us. And that's why we do what we do. Great. Next question, because I think one of the things that pool pros are afraid of, and it's probably one of the most common things that comes up, is they're afraid of losing pools. So what would you tell a pool pro that knows that they have to do a rate increase, but they're afraid that they're going to lose pools? Good. You right. Know, lose them. <laughs> right. So, look, and I'm a, if, you don't, if you guys don't mind, I'm a little passionate about this portion of it. And this is what I kind of tell everybody is you have to, again, this comes down to business acumen, right? Understanding numbers. And if you just get a piece of paper and you write down these numbers, get out your calculator, figure out totals, it'll all make sense to you. If you're raising rates, you have 100 accounts and you're raising rates $10 per account, then you're what? How much more money are you going to bring in per month? You're going to bring in an extra $1,000 per month. Simple math. So if that means that your average rate is $100 per account, well, how many accounts do you have to lose to lose money? 10 accounts to break even, 11 accounts to lose money. But I challenge you to even think of this as I've yet to lose more than one or two clients at a rate increase. The, The income that we've brought in compared to the income we lost far exceeded it. So when you're looking at it financially, it's really hard to imagine that you're going to lose that many clients if you're increasing your rates, $10, $15, and you average it out amongst how many clients you have. It just doesn't make sense. To take it even a step further, think about it. Even if you lost 10 clients, now you're making the same amount of money and you're getting rid of 10 clients that one, don't value you for who you are, and probably turned out to be not really the greatest clients. And then now you have 10 less stops that you have to make a week. And now averaging the cost of what it costs you when we talk about $60 a month or whatever that technician costs to service a pool, now take that dollar amount. If it costs you $20 a week to service that account and you lost 10 accounts, well, okay, we'll do the math. Okay, so that's 20, 40, 60, $80, right? $80 that you're saving per month in cost and then times that by 10. You know, so you have to take that into consideration. And then you have to even take it a step further and go, okay, well, now I'm saving money there. I want I get to have more family time or you get to gain new clients, right, at a better rate. So it's a win, 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 win situation. And it's hard to find a situation where you end up losing unless you just throw these numbers out for no reason and you start charging people, you know, oh, I'm going to raise people up 50 bucks and I'm only charging them $80. Well, you're going to get some pushback, brother or sister. You know, shit's going to hit the fan and you're probably going to lose. And that's not the approach we want anybody to take. 
But if you do this correctly and you understand these numbers and these metrics and you put some thought into it and write it down, you will win. So don't be afraid of losing clients. And if you do lose clients, good. It's a win. Every time somebody tells me, and that's the pushback I get constantly, and that's what I say, who cares? You know, who cares? That's what happens when we write. I mean, we've written stories about raising your prices and how to raise your rates in the magazine for years. And whenever we post those articles online, that's always what I get in the comments is like, you get someone who's like, well, you don't know my customers or, well, you don't know our area. We can't do that in our area because of XYZ. These are the moments where I want to shake people and be like, you're the problem. Because when we actually talk to people who raise their rates and we interview them and we ask them, well, how'd you do it? What happened? Did you lose customers? The answer is always, we lost one, we lost two, we lost none. So it just blows my mind when it's across the board. Anytime we ask somebody, what happened when you raise your rates? They lost a handful, less than five customers. No, it's not. It's not your area. It's not your customers. It's you. You're the one who thinks you're going to lose customers. Like, you're the one who's afraid to do this because the people who have actually raised their rates have not lost customers. <laughs> or if they have, like you said, John, good. They're the ones that you want to go anyway, you know? Cusack. Agreed. Agron <laughs> talking to himself over I'm, there. I'm talking watching. to myself over here. <laughs> I saw everybody was kind of going to jump and I, I started talking and, and I'm mute. So you know, my point is, if you're in one situation where you're breaking even, you need to realize that by you raising that rate, now that becomes a profit. It's also very important to look at it from that standpoint. You're going to be doing the same amount of work, but now you're making more money. Whatever that price increases that you do, that's going to be pure profit. Because people ask me all the time, how am I going to raise my profit the quickest? That's going to be by raising rates, right? There's only two ways to do that. You raise rates and you cut expenses. But you raise that rate, you give that extra value. And that's just if you're breaking even or making more money and you have a 10, 15, 20% increase, that's 10, 15, 20% more profit that's going straight down into your pocket. Yeah, I agree, John. I think, you know, if you, <laughs> those customers are not probably worth it. So they're pro- if you look at it, it's probably the ones that you go to two, three times a week or call you two, three, two or three times a week, the ones that are annoying. The ones that pester your technicians and do all this, like they're, they're always the ones that complain about that. And again, it's not a cutthroat line either. We all have made exceptions for Miss Jones down the street that, that single just lost her husband. Um, you know, it's everybody like we've talked about. You have to know and understand your customers. If you know Miss Jones and you love Mrs. Jones and she loves you and you know she can't afford a price increase, like maybe that's a customer you don't increase, right? It's you don't have to do it to everybody. It's not one straight line. It's always an exception to the rule. <laughs> I mean, if, if anybody cream tells you that, right. or cream, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like you have to like, oh my god, this pool is absolutely perfect every time I come here, right? right? Yeah. So I never heard cream puff, but yeah, that's. <laughs> Good way to put it, but yes, you're right. If, if that pool is perfect and you have no issues, like, and you know they can't afford that, then you may keep that one, right? I mean, it's never a cut and dry situation. Some beautiful things happen, like you said. You lose those accounts; they're the takers every time. Take, 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 and you give, give, give. And the minute you stop giving, they're going to tell you about how disappointed they are with your service. Um, it. it and like like Megan said, every time we've had to increase rates, it's always painful and scary, but it's like you lose you lose a couple customers. And I've kind of gotten to the mindset where like, well, if we lose it all, we lose it all. We'll go mow lawns or do aquascaping and breed fish or something crazy because I don't want to keep running a business where, you know, we're not making money. So here we are. But it is a scary thing. But once you go through it a couple of times and you realize that it's necessary it becomes less uh, intimidating. So I'm going to put one here for you guys. So I am a brand new pool guy or I've been in for a short time doing, and I'm getting ready for my first rate increase. I'm afraid. I don't know how to do it. What would you tell me the best approach would be? So tell me if I'm that new pool guy, what is my best approach to raising those rates and what should I do? Sneak it in there. Don't even tell them about it. Just joke, 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 joke. <laughs> For me, don't get analysis paralysis because we talk metrics and numbers and financial statements and getting into it. Like it can be very basic. You just have to get some sort of idea of what's going on with your business. 
and you can at least make a semi-accurate decision. I'm an analysis paralysis person. I will get so far into the weeds, yeah, that I have to stop myself sometimes. Like, dude, you're never going to get this done. So just don't turn it into a big complex thing. On the flip side, don't just throw a number at the wall and and hope it sticks. And I kind of wanted to ask y'all a question on this. Do you think that's better than nothing? Throwing a number out, just saying 10 bucks or 15 bucks. I'm going to say it's very dangerous. Because at the end of the day, we talk about the same thing, which is if you don't know your numbers, how are you going to make that decision? And and the answer is go do the pricing matrix, go do the class, figure out in five hours what your number is, and then you have that specific number. Because I think a lot of pool guys are afraid and what they do is... A, they're afraid to do the price increase. B, they're afraid that they're going to lose the pools. C, they have the paralysis. They don't know how to do it. So they're just going to throw out 10 bucks just to be safe. And that's probably the worst. So if you were to tell me, hey, well, I'm going to go out and throw 40 bucks at the wall, then you know that's a big number. But most of the guys out there are going to go, I'm afraid. So I'm going to do a little bit. So hopefully less people notice that. And so that becomes more dangerous to, to do. At least in my perspective. Well, and if you do that and you undercut yourself or you shoot yourself short and you think one price increase is scary, now you got to do two. So, and the second one's always scarier when it's back to back. So, yeah, that's the point I was going to make. I mean, if you just throw a number out there and it's not big enough and then you come down the, you know, two months, three months down the road, you got to do it again. That's a big problem. But I would still say, I mean, any, if you're charging $90 a pool, like you got to get up there. So, I mean, I would still think anything is better than nothing. But I mean, again, you're running the risks of everything where Edgar mentioned and what Zach just mentioned. But I mean, if you're that low, if you're not even close to your competitors, I mean, you got to get up a little bit. I mean, it, it just helps the industry in general. It helps everybody, it helps your competitors, it helps, you know, everything. But yeah, it's much better to take a learning approach and figure out the numbers and do it the right way one time instead of multiple times, right? But if you, need to raise them and you don't have the time to do all that work, I would think it's something still better than nothing in my opinion. But parentheses around it, like you're, you're asking for problems, but I still think getting a little bit higher would, would be beneficial. I mean, if it's absolute, either don't do it at all or do a little bit, then by all means do a little bit. And if you're going to take any number into consideration, you should take in a number of like inflation and cost of living increases that happen. Look, if you're not raising accordingly, and I've said this, I'll say it again, and I know I'm sure people are getting sick and tired of hearing it, but hopefully it gets through to their head. If you are not raising your rates every year, you are literally giving them a discount every year. I mean, think of it like that. And that, that's the truth. The dollar today gets you less next year. So if they're paying you $100 this year, right? That $100 that you have only has so much, so much mileage on it. Next year in 2022, you're not going to be able to buy as much with that $100. So if you're not compensating for inflation or cost of living, at minimum, you are literally giving them a discount every single year. So if it's 3.5%, which is the average or whatever, 3 4%, Every year you're telling Mr. Mr. Customer, I'm doing such a great job for you that I'm going to give you a 4% discount this year on your rate. That's how you got to think of it because that is what you're essentially doing. And if you break it into those types of, in those terms and you, and you start to understand it, then you start to get that confidence up and you start to believe it. And here's the lesson. And I'll say this analogy one more time. I think it resonates with a lot of people. The majority of people that are out there, the clients that are out there, they're W-2 workers or they work for a corporation. Not, there aren't as many business owners as there are people that work for other corporations. Every single year, those people that work for a company, what is the one thing they wait for every single year is their review, right? And that review comes along what? A raise. Everybody looks forward to a raise every single year while they work. Well, why are we any different than anybody else? Why should we not receive a raise once a year for the work that we've put in to help comp- compensate for the extra costs or for putting in the dedication and the hard work and the great service that we've done? There's no difference. 
As soon as you understand that or you start to believe that, then you start to gain the confidence in order to execute on these things that we talk about. So there you go. That's your two cents? Or like More or like quarter. two and a half cents, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Megan and Tyler, John, Zach, and I have talked about it, but let me ask you this. With what you're seeing and hearing, do you think that next year is going to be similar to this year? Yeah, for sure. I, I think yes and no. So I think it's it's going to be interesting because I think that we're still going to continue to see supply chain issues and we're still going to see some price increases. I think demand is still going to be crazy good. Um, but I think that the the piece that's going to start to change is that manufacturers have been and are already searching for solutions to some of these supply chain issues, right? So they're going to get more vertical in their supply chains. They're going to find better ways to source things so that they're not as impacted as deeply as they have been. I mean, and those, those ways may end up being more expensive, which is why I think we're going to keep seeing some price increases, you know, like the manufacturer that I was, I was with this week, you know, and their solution to what, you know, on the surface looks like a small problem. Like we're seeing that across the board. Everybody is looking for those solutions. They're finding new suppliers. They're, you know, figuring out better materials. They're finding different ways to do things that are more efficient and, and can save some costs and can help that they don't have backlogs and all of these things. So I do think that that part is going to start to get better, but I don't think it's going to help with prices for a while just because, like Tyler mentioned, all that stuff is going to cost a lot of money. And you you have started to see like some of them adding some capacity and like a little bit here and there, but a lot of it is just they're getting better at managing their supply chain, at owning their supply chain, which I think is what the Hasa CEO said when he was on with with you guys, which I thought was so fascinating that manufacturers from now on are going to need to own their supply chain. That's fascinating. I think that's what you're going to start seeing. And so so yeah, I think that the shortages are going to get better. I think prices are going to still be high and I think they're going to probably go up a little bit more, but not as much. It's going to get better. But I think that demand is still going to be great. I think that the industry is going to be still doing fantastic. And, you know, I think if you can kind of get your prices in line um, now and in line for next year, I think you can really be, be in good shape. So I don't think it's going to be quite the roller coaster that it has been the last, you know, 20 months or whatever it's been. But, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been, that's what I've been seeing out there. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I think there's going to be some leveling out of these price increases, but I also think we have a good two to three years of where this industry is going to continue to be booming. And these people are moving like in Arizona is crazy. I know Texas is crazy. People moving to these places and having an influx of cash from coming from California or other places, they, they have this money to buy pools, to buy additions to their pools, to add-ons, these remodels, these things that are going to keep happening. I think for a good couple of years, maybe till an election, like kind of always happens. But this industry is not going to slow down right now for a while. Like Megan said, though, I do think this is more of an opportunity for the industry. And I think now the manufacturers are seeing that and it's also it's forced people's hands in a lot of ways to say we were doing something very poorly or not the greatest that it could have been. Let's make that change now and be ready for something like this to happen again down the road. So I think it's a really good thing for many people, for many organizations, manufacturers, for many pool companies to now take advantage of what's happening and be able to create a plan for the future. The increased rates, unfortunately, are probably going to happen for a little while, maybe into the next year. I think if Biolab opens up their facility at some point in the next year or two, that'll significantly bring down chlorine rates. But, you know, it may not. I mean, they may realize that they're, they need to be charging this amount of money and they were shortchanging themselves. Um, so it's just better to prepare yourself for, for it to stay the same. And if it levels out, then that's more power to you and better, you're running around a better profitable business. But I definitely think it's an opportunity that most people are seeing now. And like Megan said, they're increasing, they're growing, they're changing their way they do things, they're changing the way that we're going to get things. They're changing their shipping rates, they're changing their, the way they ship out everything, they're changing how their relationships with distributions are changing. I mean, all that is changing so that they can create better, 
ways of doing things, right? So, but I think we got a good two, three plus years of growth and increase. And that probably comes along with increase in pricing. So, let me ask one more question. Zach, John, and I talk about it all the time. And sometimes we feel like we're kind of in a bubble. So, we do talk to certain people. We get very excited when those people start to make the changes that we talk about. But we always question ourselves and go, well, we might be in this little bubble, right? Because we talk to a lot of people and a lot of people talk to us. But both of you see the industry changing. Do you see that there is a difference or is it more, Tyler, you probably get that too from the pool chaser. So you kind of see that from your bubble, but don't see it out. So do you guys see that or do you see the industry from the service side getting better? Absolutely. So I've been in the industry since 2008. And really just in the last four to five years, you started to see this real changeover in an attitude and just kind of openness and willingness to change. And I know I've said this before, probably with you guys, and I'm sure with Tyler, but like just people who are really wanting that sense of community and want to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just their company and, you know, that they, can see themselves and where they fit in the in the whole of the industry. And so it's been really interesting because it was so much more fractured when I started in the industry. And it's just getting better and better. And I know we still like fight with each other on Facebook and stuff, but I think as a whole, <laughs> you know, like so dangerous that Facebook. <laughs> but I think it got I, slaughtered the other day. <laughs> you know, yeah, it happened. Gotta be careful. <laughs> but I think as a whole, right? Like I think you're really seeing this desire to to get better and become more professional and support each other. And and it's just been so cool to see. And I think that, you know, what you guys are doing, I think what, what Tyler is doing, I think that what we've been doing has contributed to that. And I think the more that we can, like, I think it's really cool that we're all here together. Like, we could see each other as competitors, but that's not what I think any of us are about. Like, we really just want to help the industry to grow. We want to help people run better businesses. We want to help them, you know, make more money and be happy and take care of their families. And so, so yeah, it's just, it's just super cool. Like five years ago, I mean, first of all, five years ago, no one was podcasting. But also five years ago, they never would have had like three separate industry people, like groups get together like this and talk about something. And there's like no animosity and everyone is really on the same page and just just has that true desire to to be as helpful as they can be. And so it's just, it's amazing. And it's super cool. And if you are new to the pool industry, like you picked a great time to start. It's going to be hard for the next couple of years. If you make it through this year, you know, these years as a new, uh, like as a new company, as a new pool person, then you have got a great future because you've gone through probably the worst you're ever going to see. But this is a great time to be in the industry because there's just some really awesome things happening right now. I agree. I think five years ago, <laughs> there's a good old boys club. And I'm going to say this lightly because I don't want to step on too many people's toes, but I think it's very hard to break into what they had built, right? I mean, when we started Pool Chasers four years ago, Greg and I had a very hard time in the beginning paving the way to this new idea of sharing information, right? I mean, we got a lot of kickback from a lot of high up people of, you know, well, we can't really do that, right? I mean, we can't share our secrets. We can't tell people. It doesn't, I don't see the benefit of doing that. We've had a long journey and I think we broke that, we broke that barrier down quite a bit with pool chasers, even the fact that you guys are doing stuff and other people are doing stuff besides us, like it was pretty much us and then Van Brunt and the magazines, right? I mean, that was anybody that was talking to the industry, that was kind of it. And the fact that you've seen now several different podcasts, several different blogs, several different Facebook groups, all these things popping up to help one another. And they all have their own sort of agendas to them and people are running businesses and that's, that's okay. As long as the overall goal is to help the industry raise the bar, do these things, right? I mean, nobody's going to do it for free. So it's just not the way it is. But we all have good hearts and we have a good reason for doing this. When Greg and I set out, it was always to let's better ourselves and better the industry and better our business by setting out these goals to talk to people, right? These people are better than we are. We think they are. I mean, they're running these legitimate businesses. They're doing these things the right way. 
like, why can't I talk to them and why can't I get information? I mean, they're in Florida, they're in Texas, they're in, I mean, what I do here in Arizona has no effect on them, but it does have an effect on the overall industry and it becoming something better. So, I mean, I have mentors here in Arizona who are our competitors. I have different, I mean, everybody now is just so much different and open to, because they've realized that when we share information, if we are all doing things the right way in the proper way, that everybody benefits and the businesses that are not running legit businesses will probably go away, which will continue to help the business. I think this price increase has helped in tremendous ways in that. And people who are not running good businesses, who are undercutting prices, who are not providing a good service and putting a bad taste in people's mouths are probably gone or going to be if they don't raise their prices, right? It's done a lot of things. I love that everybody's so willing to share now and they weren't. When we ran Brothers, I mean, it was like going into SCP was so cold. And I know some people have different experiences, but for us, it was just like, nobody wants to talk to you, look at you, share it. They just look at you with this evil eye of like, oh, like, oh that guy, this is a new company coming in town. <laughs> you know, it was always like that. And it was a good old boys club. I, I respect everybody who's laid the foundation before us, right? I have, I have no disrespect for those people because we wouldn't be where we are without them. But I think this new generation of younger people and with these owners handing their businesses over to their kids and these new millennial people taking over, I don't really like that word, but you know, it's, it's always looked at as a negative thing, but I think it's a positive thing in this case for most part, if they understand the business and bring new ideas and new things to it. I also think we need to open up and Greg's talked about this a lot on the, on the episodes that we need to open up the industry to people from outside the industry a lot more. We need, we need people to come here that get their master's degrees or get their degrees in engineering and get these, like we need this industry to be attractive to those people so that we can, you know, develop this industry more advance this industry to technologies can be different. The, the businesses can be different and we need that knowledge and that education and all that stuff to come into the industry as well. So we got to create an attractive industry for that, or they're not going to want to be here. But I think the opportunities are, are incredible right now. I think all the businesses are redesigning the way they're doing things. They're paying employees a lot more now, which we should have been doing a long time ago, which I'm guilty of that. Like, I don't think we paid our guys well enough. And I'll admit that openly and have, I think for people to want to be in this industry, they have to want to be appreciated. And that comes with higher pay benefits, everything that they're going to get at a normal job. And I think Rich Gallo, you know, put it, and simply in love, like we're competing with people who can go work for Amazon, Home Depot. Um, these, those, those are like the labor fields we have, right? The, the people who want to work with their hands um, that can go out in the field, delivery trucks, UPS drivers, FedEx drivers, these people that are out in the field doing these things, like that's our labor pool. And if we don't create a significant path for them, a career path for them or anything like that, then we're not going to attract those people. So we need to raise everything to get to that level. And I think everybody's doing so. I think this industry is just barely tapping into the potential. And so long answer to your question is yes, it's, it's crazy growth and everything you guys are doing, everything we're all doing is helping tremendously and just giving people information. And that's all you can do. Give them the gold nuggets, give them the information, let them pick and choose what they like and don't like and apply that to their businesses the way they, they want to. Well, Zach, John, that's kind of great to hear. I think as an industry, we have a long way to go still. I think there's still, and and we face it. And there's been times that I've talked to people and offered to have them come onto their podcast and, you know, give them our platform. And I've been told you're a competitor and you're this and you're that. And no, but 99% of the people are- just starting are, for you. It, 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 it's just, <laughs> it's just starting welcome for to, us. Welcome to our world. Yeah, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just messing with you. Our goal has always been from day number one, especially with Pull Nation and everything that we've talked about is positivity of it. And so we don't deal with the negative. We don't sit here. We don't bash people. We don't talk bad about products. There could be products that are good. There'd be products that are bad. There's pros, there's cons. But the goal is with our platforms, we're going to deliver a message that's a positive message. That's a good one. And we're kind of not going to go down that rabbit hole of the negativity, because I think that's probably what we used to have a lot, even when I was doing pools in, in those days. So, well, I think that's our, that's our responsibility. 
and we've always taken that very serious. Like we're not putting people on these airways that we don't respect and, and think can bring positivity to our listeners. Right. I think you guys do a good job as well. Of that. Uh, so not, that's why you don't have us on there. Yeah. You know, I mean, can't have some <laughs> scraggly pool guys on. <laughs> no, no, you want you want to know the real reason is because Zach, Zach keeps avoiding it. So right there it is. <laughs> I mean, we've asked a couple of times. We, we got some. We got something planned down the road. But John, John, Zach's, now I'm excited because now we have some ammo for for Zach. Right. <laughs> so we're going to be able to tease Zach right. now. So. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. You threw that up there. That softball up there. I had a swing at it. That's right. all right. That's all right. <laughs> but we. I mean, so, back to my point. I mean, we have a responsibility to our listeners, as you do, as Megan does to the readers, to put out content that brings them value. There's no point of bringing negativity to them. But you are right. Yes, it exists. And there's pros and cons to everything. And we choose the same to bring to light the positive things and help people get through the negatives, right? I mean, that's, that's what our responsibility is. And I hope you guys continue to, to stay true to that. We definitely will. I mean, that's, we promise our listeners to always vet who's on. And even the sponsors that we take on, like those are all vetted. We make sure that it's bringing value to people. Otherwise, what's the point? think exactly like you were saying, as those generations keep changing, it's going to keep changing the industry. And we're just kind of going to get to the point where it's just this one big, all-inclusive industry because you have that generational change into it. I think it's super important, though, to to respect the ones that came before us. Oh, I don't don't want to. I'm not saying you were. I'm not saying you weren't saying that. I'm just saying, like, I think some people are like, oh, this we're going to blaze this new path, right? And this industry is very sensitive to that. And it's very, they have a lot of knowledge that we do not understand and know. Um, and that's what I think we've gotten from the podcast over the years is just understanding like there's so much knowledge in this industry that hasn't been given yet, right? And we have to show those people the respect they deserve because they laid a foundation, laid a path to what we're able to do now. And by I love that we may get like industry icons to come on when you get that knowledge and absorb that knowledge and you get, they get to share it on a platform they've never been able to do. Now it's recorded. It's documented. Here is this knowledge like on a platform that everybody gets to hear and listen to, not just somebody at a trade show, right? It's you're expanding that. Like we respect it. There's a way that things were done and we all have to show that respect to them. And that's how we all get the knowledge, right? If you are just rude to these industry icons or these people that have raised past, like they're not going to want to share anything with you. And I'm not speaking to you guys. I'm speaking to the industry in general of like, show your elders your respect just because you come in blazing a new you know, path and you have this brand new business, this brand new idea. And you come into the industry at a great time of like, let's, cause this is like Megan said, a great time to come to this industry and you can charge prices that we weren't charging five years ago. And you can benefit from all this positive things. But I find it too often that people don't show enough respect to who has been done it ahead of them, right? And I just think in general, we need to soak up that knowledge and bring it to the ears of the people. I think that's true for everything too. Because I mean, nothing that we've accomplished here at the Pool Boys is a product of me. It's all from outside sources. And I've just been one to go listen and ask questions and learn from this person and learn from that person, whether it's pool related, whether it's business related or whatever. And I just kind of take it all in. Sometimes I try something I was advised not to try and I fail. Sometimes it works and I just make my own blend of it. But I definitely agree. Like We can't just start and go. It comes from somewhere and there's definitely some respect that has to be had for that. And if you think about it, we're such a little tiny little thing within the pool business, right? Because this pool business is is a huge monster, multi-billion dollar industry. And, you know, we reach this amount of people, right? Out of that entire spectrum. So absolutely. Got to respect the game. Yeah, but you, right. got, you have a, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to wrap this up, but you guys definitely are doing a really good job at, at helping the people that you have, right? And you talked about your bubble before. Your bubble is really important, just as our bubble is important, just as Megan's bubble is important and every other, you know, industry person that has a platform or a voice, right? Your people are your people. Like it was really cool for me to hear that you said you got your first like listener sponsor. Like to me, that's super cool. And John, you supporting us, like being number two, supporting us. That's really cool because that means we're making a difference. We made a difference in your life and you're making a difference in other people's lives. And that's what it's all about. And so 
I love that you guys have a platform and for who your audience that likes listening to you and is a part of what you're doing, like you're just making them better. I mean, it's very cool. So I just want to give you guys, you know, your props on that. It's, you do have a small little piece. We have a small piece. Everybody has a small piece that has a voice, but your voice matters and we'll continue to bring new people into that. I mean, and I love that we did this together. I wish Greg could be here too with us and do it. Cause I think he was, he was excited about it too, about just joining forces and, kind of creating a new way of doing things. And I, I love that you guys get an opportunity to have a voice and that you're sharing what you are with people. So thanks for doing what you're doing. And obviously Megan, you know, appreciate everything you do as well, but Megan's a rock star. <laughs> Absolutely. And we need to thank you guys too. Cause you guys, you know, I don't think that we probably would be here without you guys paving the way. Cause there were people that were doing podcasts before you. It just wasn't the right time, right? right. They kind of right. had the idea. It just wasn't the right time. And you guys kind of came in and for you guys to kind of go, hey, you, you know, this is what, something we're passionate about. We're going to sell our business. We're going to do this full time. And I'm sure that for you guys, it's the same as, as us. When you get a message from somebody that says, hey, man, I did what you said. It worked. Thank you so much. I think that supersedes everything else in the whole spectrum of trying to survive or trying to do anything in the business. Like we were able to help one person that has made it to that next level. And that's super satisfying but also thanks to you guys because i don't think if you guys wouldn't have been doing what you did that wouldn't have paved the way for us as well so yeah i appreciate that so last question here what advice would you have for somebody new a new pool pro that's getting into the business right now with this crazy of a ride hang in there like if you if you can make it through this like you have got an amazing career ahead of you. So, you know, do what you can to keep your head above water, you know, learn from the people around you, ask for help if you need it. I mean, I think that's a big one. Like ask for help, use the resources that are available to you. And you know what? Yes, this is people have been in this industry for 30, 40 years have never seen anything like this. And so it's, it's an unusual time. Don't expect it to always be like this. Things will settle out at some point, but you make it through this, you make it through anything. What Megan said, and you can kind of sum it up in words, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, and I've said it before. Um, you know, we're not telling you it's going to be easy, but we're telling you it's going to be worth it. So you get through this, and if you survive after all this shit that we're all going through, at the end of the day, if your business survives, high fives at a boys and had a girl because you've built a machine, you're able to withstand some pretty serious. Uh, headwinds. I mean, it's just it's just bonkers what what we've gone through, you know, since the start of COVID. And um, congratulations, because uh, you know this industry is growing and it's blowing up. And to have front seat or you know a ticket on the train, especially when we're moving so quickly, and we're just blowing up. To be established, an established business. Once we get through all this is going to be a great thing for anybody who makes it. So, Yeah, and I'd add, I'd just put your due diligence in, right? Spend the time learning, spend the time absorbing this information and knowledge that you're listening to. Spend the time figuring out what your business should look like and plan for the future. And respect, like I said, who's done it before you and learn from them. You may have some crazy new ideas, some awesome ideas, but there's a way things are are done and you got to play by the rules a little bit and, you know, do your own thing, but, you know, figure out how it's exactly going to work and spend the time on that side of the business. Don't just go out and blaze it. You know, don't just go out and get a hundred pools and not know what you're doing. Right. The, that us going from zero to 400 pools. That's the one thing I would say, you know, in like two and a half years or whatever it was, it, it was very difficult to like redo everything multiple times of like we didn't lay the foundation down properly in the beginning and it takes so much time to like backtrack to fix things to stop taking pools to like okay now i gotta put a policy and procedure in place now i gotta do this oh now i gotta hire somebody all this stuff like it's so overwhelming but if you lay the foundation down now right and take it and understand what's going on like then when you make that plan that we talked about earlier it's going to be so much easier down the road if you if you take the time now to do it all I've got to say is just be nimble, be quick, 
adapt. If it's not working, try to find a better way. Is your um, name Jack? Your feet. Jack. It's Zach. Zach being able to act quick. Nursery rhymes and shit. All, all I wanted to say fire. something and I kept my mouth Zach shut. Zach is on fire. <laughs> Mr. Flawless is coming out. <laughs> Zach is on fire. That's funny. That's sorry, Zach. We just kind of popped your, you know, he was like, yeah. all, sorry, sorry, you off. Yeah, 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 you know. That's it. That's all I got. That's all. Just be nimble, be quick. Be nimble, be quick. <laughs> be nimble, be quick. Light a candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile, and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training, utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Megan from Pool Pro Magazine. We're talking to Tyler from the Pool Chasers. You're not going to believe what I did. Well, you probably wouldn't be surprised. I'm trying to tell Megan, hey, when you hang up, you know, just make sure that you leave your browser open while everything uploads because that's how the Riverside does. And she goes, okay, so you want me to hang up, but leave the browser open? And I said, yes. She took me literally like now. So she hung up. <laughs> Rude. Nice. So, so that was very rude of me, I guess. So Megan, I apologize. I just sent her a message to see if she will jump back on. I meant after the podcast right there. So uh, John, I'm sure you're not surprised. Am I? Am I? I was like, what? Where did Megan go? I'm like, gone. She's like, I'm out. Her off. She's like, you know what? I've had enough with these guys. I'm out. Let's right. just use this as an excuse. So. <laughs> Anyways, John, Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Um, Zach, I'll start with you. So I think it's been 
crazy topics for the last couple of years. And there's been a lot going on. There's been a lot of negative impacts for a lot of people out there. But Megan said something earlier that we can't forget, and that's opportunity. And there's a lot of opportunity in this disruption that's going on. And that's what it is for us as business owners to get better, to move faster, to make changes, to improve our services, to get more creative and find ways to drive higher rates. So just take this time. Don't be sitting back, but be proactive about it and try to find these things so that you can improve your business. Because at some point, there is going to be a leveling out of this in some way, a lull or a normal, whatever you want to call it. And I don't think there'll be as much opportunity. It'll be very competitive when we get back to that time. So just be very active and trying to find ways to improve and take advantage of any opportunity there is. Thanks, Zach. Uh, Megan, I apologize because I answered just a little bit too fast and that's not what I meant to do. So I apologize for for telling you to, to hang up. So it's fine. That's fine. I mean, I don't need to eat. Whatever. We, we, we just figured you, we just figured that you were tired of us and you're like, you know what? My time's <laughs> over for these guys. Done. Out. You know? So John, final thoughts. When we started the podcast, right? Uh, Tyler was making some comments about like, geez, look how long it's taken for this guy to get through the answers. Right. Um, I'm just glad there's someone else on here now that can talk more than I can, you know, cause Tyler was just like rolling, bro. I mean, just like, holy shit, you know, and he was, this guy's telling me I was talking so long and I'm like, hold I'm just stoked. Right. So no, but all, all seriousness, uh, it's what I know, do, this, man. This is what I've done I, for I three like, or four years. I, I see how you're doing. I see, I see how you work. That you're like, no, 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 no. I need to talk. But I so enjoyed this podcast, and I think there's a lot of great information, especially hearing it from multiple voices in the industry, people that I respect a lot. It's good to hear that your guys's voices and you know your opinions on this because it's a hot topic, and I think we're all on the right track is there's definitely some learning that we're all still doing, right? Nobody knows the exact way to do something for it to be or to predict anything, right? But the, as long as we agree, there's a common goal right? and we all are aware of the issue at hand, then we're able to do something about it or try to fix it and learn along the way. So I just want to thank you, Tyler, for jumping on uh, the podcast with us. Megan, always a pleasure. You are seriously a rock star. And I think what, and, I, and I've said it, and I don't say this lightly, I think what you do and what the Pool Pro Magazine does and your approach, and I think is just exactly what this industry needs. We need that networking, right? We got to connect the dots. You know, there's so many independent pool businesses and pool owners. It's like, there's a different industry in every single, you know, each company is its own industry. And I think through our podcasts, um, through Pool Chasers, through uh, Pool Pro Mag, different places like that. That's what helps connect. You know, it's like the age of internet or telephone. Before everybody had to mail stuff out. By us doing this, we help connect people that felt like they were lost in this world alone or in this industry alone. And um, I think the more and more we do this, and the more and more people who jump into this and try doing it too, is the best for all of us, right? Because that's what we need to do is network and get to know each other and come up with a, you know, one common goal so that we can strive to better this industry that we're all a part of. So thanks again. Tyler, I'm going to ask you here in a minute and maybe if you have some final thoughts, but first a little bit of a joke between you and me. So I'll send you the podcast and you'll edit it and you'll have it ready by Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Something that only you and I will probably uh, get. Yes. (laughs) Right. So I'm looking at the time and I'm like, man, we've been on for two hours and 10 minutes. I have a training class tomorrow. I got to edit the podcast on Sunday, have it ready for Monday morning. It looks like this one's going to be split into two guys. It looks at at some point I'll have to do a little recording, cut it and release a second piece. Um, <laughs> well, Megan I will appreciate want- it too, actually, because she's done her own editing before she has that spa yeah. retailer podcast. She used to, or she still does it. And uh, yeah. she's done the editing piece of it too. So she definitely gets it. It's, it's a rough one. You're going to have a fun time on Sunday, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. You better like block off two or three days to work on this baby. God, send them some five hours. <laughs> right. I will. Here's, here's the thing is <laughs> normally hours. now my wife goes, I, now I lose you every Saturday to this podcast editing thing that you do and blah, blah, blah. And when I can get it done in like 
six hours, they're like celebrating. And then there's sometimes <laughs> that I'm out to like nine o'clock at night editing the podcast. So that's um, rough, man. It's a rough it, it, it really is rough. And the funny thing is sometimes you get some guests that are kind of very easy to uh-huh. kind of edit and that kind of stuff. And then some other ones take some more time because mm-hmm. it's like every little cut that you have to do is just so time consuming. But oh, for sure. anyways, <laughs> I get yelled uh, at after awesome. every podcast sometimes. He'll, uh, he'll, what the hell was that noise in the background? What were you doing? <laughs> Flying an airplane? You know what I mean? What? But, but, Stop tapping, Tyler, John. That, Damn Tyler, it. Tell, that, tell me, right? Like, like they have the, the fan going on in the background. And while you're talking here, you don't catch it. And then when you download the file, you hear the, yep. and you're like, oh my God. Now yeah, I got to take just kicked all that. On, so I, all that I apologize. Out, so. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, wore, I decided to wear this long sleeve shirt and I'm like dying in here, but I didn't turn the fan on for you just because, just because the editing pieces, I'm like, I can't turn that on because it's making noise. So yeah, I definitely I, I, get it, man. You appreciate my pain. <laughs> and our studio is in a, is in an air park. So, I mean, we've had this struggle oh. with airplanes oh, wow. for a long time. So That's yeah, crazy. it's super fun. <laughs> but yes, I get it. I get your uh, desk. But anyway, I want to make one point. I, I mean, I made it a, a goal when I first accepted this invitation to like try to make it your longest ever so i wanted to talk i wanted to talk longer than john (laughs) i wanted to make this a long edit for edgar i mean it was it was an evil plot from the very beginning of like i'm I'm not gonna let it go shorter than two hours we're gonna make this painful right (laughs) i appreciate that no i had a great a good time and i'm I'm sorry if i talk too much but i i this topic for me is is a hot one and i and i really think that it's very important for people and I appreciate all your guys' opinions on it. And thanks for having me on. No problem. I think it was a great, great podcast. And that's why I was like, if it goes, it goes. And if we need to cut it and put two parts out, we will, because it's just too much good information. I want to thank both of you for coming onto the podcast, for sharing, for reaching out. And I really hope that this is the beginning of something you know new and how we're able to all partner together and kind of try to make that bigger change into the industry. So I want to thank you guys for your time, for all the new pool pros out there, for all the experienced pool pros out there. It, it's been a wild, a wild ride, but it is going to get better. And we're definitely going to come out on the other side a lot stronger. So one more joke. How many times do you guys say poop, poop roll? Poo pro. Poo pro. I, I used Poo-pro. to say the poo, poo boys. No, no, I used no. to say the poo, poo boys until I got corrected. Back to poo boy. Every time I do anything that says pool and then another P after it, it is like, it's all, it's so rough. But it's hard. It's, it's such very a, difficult. Yeah. I mem- I've heard you say Zach the poo, poo boy, Nicholas. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, poo, poo boys. <laughs> <laughs> See, nobody else, nobody else had caught it except him, and now the entire world knows it. Oh no, so I caught he, it. He should have told me. He should have told me afterwards quietly. Hey, Edgar, can you do this? But he did it on the air, so now ever, the whole world knows that it's the poo boy. Poor Zach. Poor, poor Zach. Didn't you show that letter? Look, I'm going to throw this out here. You got a letter addressed to the poor boy. <laughs> Swear to God, he shows a picture like somebody you know you get the mailers for your business, and it's yeah. the poor boy. <laughs> oh, I'll tell oh. You, I'm taking the class on Saturday. So. I'll, tell, I'll tell you this, Tyler. We we signed up for uh, a company that uses AI to transcribe the podcast. Yeah, and it's turned Dangerous. out to be a, a nightmare because it, it's not that great. Yeah. So, but at the beginning, all I would put was a disclaimer: "Hey, this is done by AI." Blah 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 blah. I posted the first one, and I got a message from somebody saying. You might want to check what you're putting up there <laughs> because you announced Bob Larry and it put him as a porn star instead of you know, this cool chemistry guy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, I go back and I'm scrambling and I'm like, look at I'm like, delete. And I'm like, I, I just I haven't used it again because the translation was I get them because I signed up for a year, but it's like now I gotta yeah. figure out that whole part. But yeah, anyway, we've done great. we've done transcript stuff before too. It's like, dude, it's the craziest things, man. It's like like Nazi things and like all these crazy racist things. Yeah. And you're like, what? I'm like, how does that word create this? Like that doesn't make any sense. But but poo is is quite often on there. I mean, yeah, because oh, I mean, yeah. people don't pronounce the L very often, so you get a lot of right. poos. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, it's been a great podcast. I've enjoyed it a lot. Thanks so much. We will talk soon. Zach, John, as usual, thank you for your time. John, I apologize keeping you too late. I know you had a lot of no, stuff. That's all right. We will it. talk next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform to Dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.